welcome to the Midlife with Careers podcast. I'm your host, Kim Benoit, and every week I share stories of women just like you, amazing women over 40 who have found their courage to live life on their terms. These beautiful women have found the confidence to take on midlife like rock stars. They share their stories to inspire and encourage you to find your courage, build your confidence, and start living every moment. Remember, if you enjoy this podcast, please remember to show me some love and leave a review. Now, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Midlife with Courage. I'm Kim Benoit, your host, and I'm so happy to have you here. I'm also very happy to have my guest here today. Her name is Lisa Reichelt. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa. Thank you, Kim. Lisa has a story about a wonderful new coaching uh, idea and process. She's a parent coach and you may be thinking, well, we're midlife women. We're kind of done parenting. Nope, you're not. (laughs) You probably know for sure that you're not if you are a midlife parent. Um, So Lisa, welcome. And why don't you just start, tell us uh, where you are in the world and a little bit about yourself. Wonderful. So I am currently living in Northern Minnesota on a small lake, and it's our dream to have been able to live on this lake rather than in the city. We raised our children in the Lakeville area, and now we get to live up north and enjoy the beauty of God's creation up here. And I work remotely with our parenting business, so it's, it's convenient for us to be able to do that as well. Very nice. You are living my dream too. (laughs) I was just talking to my husband last night about, you know what, let's just buy a cabin on a lake and go there. (laughs) So that's awesome. So before we get into your story, I want to ask you this question. If you could have a scent that you could bottle and take you take with you wherever you go, what would that scent be? Well, I think that scent actually is bottled (laughs) because (laughs) the scent that evokes the best memories for me is the scent of my grandmother's perfume. She always wore one particular kind of perfume and um, it just brings back all those fond memories of spending time with her and just the the joy of childhood and being in her loving embrace, yeah. (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful, I love that. Uh, We were talking, I kind of had the same idea too, this one perfume my grandma wore and I just Mm -hmm. think of her whenever I I smell that. So that's awesome. So tell us about your story. You. You're a parent. You have how many? You have eight kids, five kids. No, I come from a family of eight. Oh, that's right. Okay. I have, but I myself, my husband and I have five children, adults now, and they have, um, and I have ten grandchildren. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. So, tell us your story. Tell us from the beginning. What what led you to where you are now and what you're doing? Awesome. So. I'm the oldest daughter, not the oldest child, but the oldest daughter. And I have four younger sisters and a younger brother. And in that role as oldest daughter, I was often put in charge, as you can imagine, um, to help take care of the the other kids. And that instilled in me a a deep desire for family all along. I I always enjoyed, not that my sisters would say I wasn't the best at caring for them. I probably sometimes (laughs) overplayed my mom thing with them. Sure. But um, it really instilled in me a desire for family. In fact, um, at the point when I went off to college, I um, couldn't find my way. And after a couple of years, I um, I resigned from college without finishing because I wanted family so badly. And I actually joined a religious um, community, a Christian community, where I got to live with other families. And I was a nanny for them. 
And it was just, it just fed that desire in my soul. And within a couple of years, I found and married my husband and we proceeded to grow our family because I loved it so much. So we had our five children within eight years and I was a wow. stay-at-home mom and I was loving it. I was doing little odd jobs to help bring in some cash for the family because raising five kids is expensive, yeah. regardless of what your <laughs> career is. <laughs> and being a stay-at-home mom, I, I would do odd not odd jobs, but things like I would, of course, did daycare and we took in some piecework and that kind of thing. But my love for family and for caring for families continued. When my youngest daughter was born, I decided that I would go back, finish that uh, degree. And so I did go back to weekend college while I was raising the kids and earned my undergrad degree in education. And so that led me to teaching, which just continued to nurture that desire for family, for kids. You know, I just, I loved my job as an educator. For the most time, I taught fifth graders uh, for about 12 years. And I especially enjoyed teaching kiddos who were, um, had special needs. So I would collaborate with the special needs educators and we would do our best at seeing the joy in those kids' eyes when they um, finally got it was so life-giving for me. So I just loved that. But it also put me at the table with a lot of parents who were struggling with their kids. Mm -hmm. And that led to a real heart for um, helping those parents. And then while I was teaching, I decided to, to continue my education. My love of learning um, re-blossomed after <laughs> I became an adult. Mm -hmm. And I went and got my degree in administration. So then I became a principal. <clears throat> for seven years, I was a principal at a Catholic school and enjoyed that and enjoyed the, the families there and really felt a close community with those people. And then I moved into another school, a, a public school in a community next to where I lived. The, the reason for the move was that I really wanted that community of educators to work with and being the principal of a private school was a lonelier position. When I moved to the public school, I had colleagues. I had five other, four other people who were also principals of elementary schools. And that group, that community was so strong. It was those, those were the four best people I'd ever worked with in my life. So it was wonderful. So I worked there for seven years as well. And that brought us to 2020. And while I was working there, again, I sat at the table now with not only special needs parents, but all kinds of parents whose kids might be struggling. So their kids got to the principal's office, as you can remember, <laughs> sent to the office. Yes. And I would call in their parents. And oftentimes I realized that if I could just give the parents some parenting advice, or if I could help them problem solve some of the skills that they were missing in parenting their child, that their child could really experience great growth and that their family would benefit from having some different skills to use in their parenting repertoire. And so in 2019, two of my colleagues and I decided to branch out and start a parenting business, parent coaching. And we had just become aware that it was even a thing. And that's one thing that is a great need is for people to understand that parent coaching is a thing. I mean, we get life coaches, we get fitness coaches, we get health coaches, and all of those parts of our lives um, definitely need input, but so does parenting. I mean, 
nobody gets an instruction manual when you get that baby. <laughs> I know. Like where, where is that manual? What do you do with this little thing? <laughs> right. And oftentimes we, we rely on family and friends to help us out in um, working through the dilemmas that we encounter when we're parenting. And sometimes family and friends aren't around to be able to do that, or they may not have the right information to really help us. It can be intimidating to get information or to even share some of your struggles with friends because you feel embarrassed and um, you're not sure that they're going to give you a non-judgmental solution for your problem. And then you're also going to have to deal with the repercussions of what if you don't take their advice and the problem persists. So it can it can be tense to have friends be your counselors. So the nice thing about parent coaching is that it's someone who isn't a part of your circle of friends, isn't a part of your family, and they can really give you an unbiased opinion and some unbiased advice. But what we mostly try to do is we try to partner with parents and really walk beside them and encourage them to make decisions that are based on their values and based on their family goals. And so that we become that accountability person where you as a parent might decide that you really wanna change some things you're doing with your kids and we'll support that change. We're not gonna to try to deter you from doing something that you wanna do, rather, we're going to support your change and help you to have that accountability piece so that you do make the change and your family becomes the wonderful, peaceful place that you hoped and dreamed it would be on the day you came home from the hospital with your baby or, <laughs> or brought them into your home. So yeah, um, we're really enjoying working with families. Yeah, I bet. I've interviewed a lot of coaches on this um, podcast and you're my first parent coach. And I just, I think that's so interesting because yeah, like you said, they don't come with a manual and right. they're all different. I mean, I have right. twins and they, they're two separate people, which exactly. when you're a mom of twins, you have to kind of fight for that a little bit because everybody wants to group <laughs> them together, but that's a whole other thing. But yes, um, yes. yeah. So I think, I mean, I'm married, I have a husband and we're, you know, supportive of each other, but yeah, when they were little, it would have been great to have somebody to right. kind of say, you know, how's it going and help hold me accountable and, you know, exactly. set goals and stuff. Yeah. You just don't think exactly. of that, but I'm, I'm glad you are doing that work yes. for everyone. What do you think are the most common issues that you're seeing with parents and it can be any ages? Yep. So we really do work with any age. We've worked with um, parents of toddlers up to parents of 30 year olds. And so we always are trying to help parents have the best relationship they possibly can with their kiddos, regardless of the age. <clears throat> but recently, some of the bigger issues that are cropping up are, are um, the prevalence of anxiety, especially. So many kids are experiencing anxiety and people like to say, well, it's because of COVID. And yes, that that is a factor. But there's also a lot of other things that are causing kiddos to feel anxious. And um, parents are realizing that some of their own anxieties are um, impacting their kids. And so we, we work a lot with parents who are trying to overcome some of those anxieties, not only in their kiddos, but in themselves. Mm -hmm. And then we also, some of the hot topics, of course, are friendship issues, um, the way each of, each of their friends treats them, the whole topic of bullying. Uh, of course, screen time is another issue that's uh, a hot topic, especially the younger kiddos um, dealing with how to regulate screens in the home 
And there's all the extremes. There's parents on some ends who want to say no screens, never. And then there's parents on the other end that are free and easy and the kids can use, use them whenever they want and all the way in between. And so that's where it's especially helpful that we can support your decisions and help you to make some rules and some regulations around screens and then to, to walk in that because that's often a, a source of conflict between parents and kids. And it's really hard for parents sometimes to be consistent and stand their ground when they've made some tough decisions around things their kids are passionate about. And yeah. kids tend to be passionate about their use of screens. <laughs> That's a good word to use. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, because I'm sure it's easy to just say, okay, fine, here, just mm -hmm watch, you know, whatever. And yeah, right. so that's, right. it's nice to have you as a resource for that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. When my kids were little that we didn't have social media. Mm -hmm. So I cannot imagine, I mean, I am addicted to social media as an adult person. So I know <laughs> these poor kids are probably seeing a ton of that. I'm, I bet I'm guessing a lot of anxiety might come from that kind of thing with exactly. social media. Exactly. Being bombarded by that. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, um, back in back in the day, um, <laughs> when you went to school, if there was a kiddo at school that you didn't get along with, at least you knew that when you were home, you were safe and you didn't have to deal with any kind of uh, verbal harassment or just even thinking about what that person was going to say or do to you. And now with social media, that safety of home is gone because that person that is bothering you can can get into your home <laughs> through yes. social media. So it is, it's very important to be able to make sure that home continues to be a safe place for kids. Yeah. And yeah. we want to support parents in doing that. Yeah. That, that's a tough job. It's a tough job anyway, but that kind of adds on to it. Yeah. Um, so because a lot of our listeners probably have older mm -hmm. kids. And when I say kids, my kids are 33. I still call them I girls, do, yeah. kids. I do too. <laughs> yeah. I, like you're just going to be my kid. Um, yep. So what are some things that you help parents of older kids? With. Yep. That's a great question because you, you do think that, okay, once my kids are 18, I'm done parenting them. And that's <laughs> so untrue. Wrong. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, because parenting is all about a good relationship. And I think all of us dream that when our kids are adults, that they still want to hang around us. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's only going to happen if you're able to sustain a positive relationship with them. And that transition from being the parent with who lives with their child to then being the parent who is in relationship to them as an adult is a dramatic shift in how you relate because um, when they're still living under your roof you can talk to them in a different way about things and expectations and once they're gone and on their own you have to switch to being able to um, be a part of their life but not impose yourself on their life. And so we talk a lot about, even for teenagers, how do you be a good listener? And how do you respond with advice when they're willing to listen? Things like just even asking, are you looking for advice from me? Or would you just like to vent right now? Because I want to hear and I want to be your listening ear. But if you'd like some advice, I will offer it, but only if you want it. Because so often we slip right back into that fix it mode, right? Mm -hmm. When your kids are young and they come to you with a problem and they're venting, we want to step in and fix it. 
And as they become teenagers, they move away from us because we're trying too much to fix things. So if we could just listen more and allow them to vent more as teenagers, then you're setting the stage for when they're adults and have problems, they'll still bring them to you and let you know about them. And then they'll let you know when you want, when they want advice and when they just want you to listen and hug them and say, I get it. I'm so sorry. This is happening for you. Um, I, I'm here with you, you know, be that supportive person. A lot of times I will talk to parents and I'll say, now, what you're saying to your child, would you say that to a good friend? And if you wouldn't, why are you saying that to your child? Because you don't have a right anymore to just push yourself into their life. Yeah. You want them to want to be around you and have fun with you. So do that. Lead with love. Lead with love. Lead with love. Oh, I love that. Always try to nurture the loving relationship because that's what they'll come back for. Mm -hmm. I love that. That it's such a great tip, and it that's what I have struggled with with grown up kids. You know, letting them do what they need to do and make the mistakes yes. that they make, and yep. they will deal with it. But it's so hard. <laughs> yeah, they know what you're thinking anyway. So if they've made a mistake. They already know exactly what you wish they would have done. So it doesn't make any sense to tell them, boy, you're really screwed up this time because they yeah. know that. But if you can lead with love and just say, hey, I'm here for you. So sorry, this is happening to you. Yeah. Um, what can I do? Yeah, you know, that's the relationship that's going to cause them to want to be around you, to want to have those fun family times when you hang out together and play games or go on trips together and enjoy hiking, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, if you can be that kind of person who listens first and gives advice when asked. <laughs> Only give advice when asked. Yes, yes. <laughs> for sure. So you have grandkids. I have not been blessed with them yet, but hopefully soon. Is there any, do you help parents, grandparents? I mean, you I know, can imagine when my kids have kids, I'll be like, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So we haven't had any clients who are um, grandparents, but we have had some people who interact with us on social media who are actually grandparents who are raising their grandkids. And so uh, they're running into the same difficulties that our parent clients are running into, but they are doing it as a, in a grandparenting kind of way. Uh -huh. um, so that's a struggle too. Um, I bet. Many people out there are finding themselves raising another family after they thought they were done and so wow. and then of course like you even said when your kids were little there was no social media well certainly for these grandparents there was none either and so they're having to parent a whole new generation yeah. right and oh my gosh how do they I don't think I could physically raise a baby right now or a toddler like where would they get the energy <laughs> exactly I don't know that I could lift them up for everything they needed to be lifted no. up for each day or carry them places they needed to go yeah no no they they would get lots of exercise because they'd be they'd be doing all the walking and everything right right um, I would need lots of energy drinks <laughs> yes for sure for sure oh that's awesome you said you have two colleagues that work with you so are you yeah. all educators or what is the background of the other two people Yes. So the other two were also teachers first and then administrators at elementary schools at one time. And then the other, there's two Lisa's. The other Lisa is actually an administrator on the district level. And we all have a little different story. And we also are, um, each of us are about 10 years apart. So we uh -huh. have perspectives that are different, of course. Uh -huh. So um, that allows us when we have a client who comes to us, we can 
try to match the coach to the client and give them the kind of coaching that will be most appropriate for their situation. So it, it really uh -huh. is an ideal setup, but it is unique. Most parent coaches out there are a one person show. And okay. so they're marketing themselves as this is, I'm a parent coach and this is who I am. We um, call our business champion your parenting because we think that parents deserve to be champions at what they're doing and we want to help them get there. And every champion needs a good coach, right? Exactly. So, um, yes. So we have the three of us who can meet the needs of just about anyone who comes our way, but we are also very equipped and very ready to tell parents who need something more than what we can offer because we aren't licensed therapists and we're not psychologists and, and some kids, that's what they need. Some parents, they need to go with their problems, take their child to someone who has a license or special training for the needs they have. So we make sure that we offer that um, option to our parents if that's what they need. Yeah, I think that's really important. I'm glad you mentioned that because I think, you know, I've seen, well, coaches are trying to be therapists. No, they're not. And you definitely are not. So I love that you're making sure that you're offering that to the people that, you know, yeah. need it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's wonderful. Um, yeah. And I see, I've kind of got your website up too, as we're doing this. And it says, if you want to raise healthy, confident kids, be a confident, calm parent. And yes, <laughs> as much as you can, that's <laughs> It, it starts with you. So um, I think that's wonderful. So how does your business work? Do you meet with people in person or online or how does it work? You know, it's interesting that you asked when we started this business, we assumed that we would meet um, in person with everybody because it was 2019. And then of course, COVID and Zoom is just dandy for most people, makes it much more convenient and um, really actually uh, makes our job a bit easier, I think, because you're in the comfort of your home and you're bearing your soul to us. And that can be a little more tenuous if we're in the same room together. And I think there's a little bit of distance that the remote connection allows us, which makes it a little easier for people to open up. Sure. And so we have been meeting always on Zoom with our clients and that seems to be working really well. What happens most often is that a client will connect with us and we offer a 30-minute free get-to-know-you kind of a discovery session. And that's where we talk with the clients and find out what their goals and their dreams and their visions are for their family and see if we're the best fit. So it's really about them checking us out and us checking them out to make sure that coaching is really the, the road that they should go down. And then we set up, if it's coaching thereafter, then we set up our 12-week um, program, which is meeting once every two weeks. And then in between, you'd get some um, things to work on and some you know, strategies to try out with whatever's happening for your family. And then we'll check in again in two weeks and see where we might need to tweak things and um, go from there. So that works out just really the best. And then if there is a need for some continuing coaching after that 12 weeks, that certainly is available as well. Because sure. we don't think we can solve everything in 12 weeks time. There's no, no magic bullet. And, and that's the other thing about our coaching is we don't come in and say, okay, here's our program. You need to do X, Y, and Z because we see this as the best parenting advice. Mm -hmm. Instead, we take in whatever it is that you are um, envisioning for your family. And we look at your skill set and ask you questions and try to help you find out how you are best going to be able to address the, the things that need changing in your family. 
So that really allows us to help you um, become the family you want. Right. Yeah. And when you were just saying that, it kind of came to my mind, like a coach helps the, if it's an athlete, you know, helps them do the work that they need to do. So it's not just do this and do that. And then you'll be fine. No, here's tools that you can use to be better or to feel better or whatever. And um, yeah, so I think that's great. Um, The other thing I was thinking too, is it takes a lot of courage for a parent to ask for help or to even, even if they're not in a, like a a bad situation or a challenging situation, just for a little reassurance, maybe, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's, yeah. Um, and I also tell people too, not to wait until it's so bad that you're at wit's end. mm -hmm. It's really helpful to get a coach early on. In fact, um, a lot of my clients who have started working with me when they have teenagers have said to me, Oh, I wish I had known about you five (laughs) years ago, you know, or 10 years ago, because I feel like I'd be at a different place now. And that's not to say they can't make changes at the teen years, but sometimes at the teen years, parents start to think, oh my gosh, in just a couple of years, they won't be living with me anymore. And this is not working well. So um, they get a little nervous at the, uh, like the, they procrastinated. Sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. So what you're saying is even if you're a parent of a teenager who you're struggling with, there's hope. Absolutely. There's hope. Absolutely. If you're willing to put in the work, you can fix that relationship. Awesome. Love it. So tell us again, your website and where people can find you if they would like to have a chat with you. Awesome. It's championyourparenting.com. And on that site, there's articles, there's access to some of our products that they can take a look at and see if they like us. We're also on Facebook. We have a Facebook group that people can join if they're interested. We have a YouTube channel, Champion Your Parenting on the YouTube channel. So they can find us all kinds of places. And if they're interested in scheduling a chance to talk with me or with one of our coaches, they can schedule on Calendly. And that link is on our website as well. So you can just go right there. You can do it all electronically. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I will put that link on the show notes so people can just click on that before we say goodbye. Is there any one last little tip or nugget of information that you would want to share before we go? You gave us so much already, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess one tip that I really like to encourage parents to do is to make a deliberate attempt to spend one-on-one time with your kids where you are totally not distracted by anything on a regular basis. And I don't mean big quality quantity times. I mean, 10 or 15 minutes of just really looking each other in the eye and talking, um, talking candidly to each other and really showing them that they're the, they're the world to you. And if you could do that regularly with your kiddos, you would see that your relationship with them would just improve over time in leaps and bounds. Love it. That is awesome. Lisa, thank you so much for being my guest today. I, I feel like oh, we can just keep going. And, having me. Yeah. So guys, check out her their website. And we had talked earlier, you were thinking about maybe doing a podcast in the future. Is that a possibility? Yes, we would like to get a podcast going and we're still in the creation points with oh, that. Okay. All right. Well, cool. We'll listen to that when you get that going. So, all right, Lisa, (laughs) thank you again and have a great day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Kim. You have a great day as well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Midlife with Courage. I hope that it has inspired and motivated you to live your best life. 
I'm Kim Benoy, a retired registered nurse, a wife, a mom, and now a certified aromatherapist. To learn more about my story and to get some tools to help you on your health and wellness journey, please go to my website, www.midlifewithcourage.com. You'll find lots of great information there. And if you would like to, go ahead and subscribe to my newsletter so that you are always up to date on what's happening. I promise not to bombard you. I usually send out a newsletter once, maybe twice a month. So check that out. Until next time, take care of your beautiful self and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.